up, everybody? It's uh, KG coming back with you for a thin line between love and sports. And this is Super Way LB. How y'all doing out there? Man, it's Valentine's Day, you know, so we <laughs> out here. Especially, you know. Spreading the love, yeah, man. Thin line between love and sports on Valentine's go. Day. Makes a lot of sense, don't it? Love and sports on Valentine's Day. So, yeah, let's get to it, man. Uh, second episode going in. I think we got a lot of love for our first episode. We want to say yeah. thank you to everybody. Uh, like you said, we still want to get uh, much as, as much feedback as possible on it. You know, yes. so we can make this better yes. going forward. Yes, we appreciate all the um, all the feedback. Everybody that listened to it, man. I know uh, I may have bugged a few people, you know, but I, we really appreciate it, man. It's special to us. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and get right to it. Uh, first, uh, starting off, I'm going to go ahead and go with what's uh, youth in youth in sports. Right. So we're going right. to start at today because I think that kind of they kind of shape our future in sports. So we're going to start there. We kind of Make a build up to professional sports. Okay, like a timeline, so to speak. Yeah. All right. Um, youth and sports. Youth and sports. It's it's a lot that goes on to it. It goes into it, and um, it seems like the competition level is getting stiffer and stiffer, mm-hmm. younger and younger. You know, um, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, volleyball. You know, girls basketball is right. It's highly competitive at a young age, man. So that being said, too, it's a lot of pressure being put on put on the kids at a young age. Yeah, you know, and then we left. Um, so it, it kind of goes to talk about who's developing these kids and what's going into it, making them be so developed at an early age. You know, what kind of pressures do they have to go through to get to that certain level, to yeah. the elite level? Yeah, and, and you know, um, the word elite is thrown around. A lot. Yes, yes, it is. yes it is. <laughs> it's thrown around a lot, man. Everybody's elite, you know what I'm saying? Every e- elite training, elite teams, uh elite facilities, you know. Uh so that word elite is it's thrown around in youth sports a lot, man. Right. Me personally, I think it's uh it's just a trigger word to, you know, it is attack uh, uh attract attention. But I think the I think the biggest thing that kinda like puts the pressure on these kids is adults. The parents, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> Coming from a parent of a, of a child who plays sports. Right. Yes. I, I really I, – I try and, you know, push my child to be good because he wants to play, mm-hmm. uh, but not push him over the edge to where he resents me. Right. And he doesn't want to do this anymore or yeah. he feels like he's doing this because I want him to. Most definitely. You know. Uh, I know I have a I have a little brother, man. I kind of find myself in a situation to where I go watch him at these games on the weekend and stuff, and then I find myself in the stands getting mad at him, and I'm not even I haven't even been there as part of his like development. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know what? Um, the situation with my son, you know, I'm not able to be there during the week like that. Right. Um, so on the weekends when I do get to watch him and things like that, um. You know, I've made it a point, especially coming from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my dad would show up at my games yep. and he's screaming and stuff like that. It used to kind of embarrass me a little bit, yeah. you know, but I know he meant well, but it was just kind of a little embarrassing. So I, I've, I've never really been that guy on the sideline screaming at my son. The only time I've ever got on my son is um, is it's about his body language and his effort. And things like that, like you know, I don't want you out there 
if you moping and walking yeah. around with your head down, your hands on your hips, you know, if you're going to be out there, you're going to go hard. If you're going to act like that, then I don't want you out there. I don't yeah. care if you mess up. You're just a kid, you know, yeah. so. Most definitely. And I know it's kind of tough, especially like on when you have these mothers that do kind of do like what you just said. Yeah. You know, they take their their son or their daughter to practice every yeah. week and then dad shows up on the weekend. Right, right. And, 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 you know, he's hooping and hollering. And let's just keep it real. I mean, we got to keep it real. At, and, you know, thin line between love and sports, it's a lot of single mothers out there right. that are tasked with the job of, you know, taking their kids to practice, mm-hmm. taking their kids to training, Yeah, you know, spending a little bit of extra cash, you know, so their kids can get better at this sport that they want their kids to be good at. And, you know, us as dads, we just, we the sports junkies. You know, we watch sports every time it's on TV. We yeah. feel like we know what we're doing. We done played Madden. And, and, so that makes us elite now. Yeah, right. so, that, <laughs> so that makes us feel like, you know, we got a little bit more insight than the coach do. You know, we yeah. a different set of eyes, you know. So, um, so yeah, we show up at the games and, and we already throwing our hands in there. Oh, he don't know what he's doing, man. It's just it's some bullshit, you know, that type of situation. So. Uh, I try and I, I really try and hold those feelings within, so my son doesn't feel bad or, yeah. you know, he's caught in between his dad and his coach. You know what I'm saying? He don't know who he need to please, things like that. And I, I guess my message to to parents and you know adults out there, yeah. Period is just you know if you want your child to be elite or you know just or just be good, good or yeah. just maybe you just love the sport, yeah. It takes time for you to be there. Be there. You got to put that effort in them. And I just figured that out just through coaching. Like, a lot of my time comes from yeah. what goes on off the court. And you all the practice pieces that goes into it, all the, like, the conversations we have yeah. more than anything, that leads to them performing well in the game just right. because they want to impress you or because they just want to work hard. Right. right. And um, like I said, just speaking from experience, I mean, people that know me know that uh, when I do have the opportunity to work with my son one-on-one, right. I do it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't force him. I ask him, like, hey, do you want to go do this? He yeah. says, yeah. I'm like, let's go. You know, and then we do it and I make him listen to, yeah. you know. And uh, like you said, you know, you've coached at the uh, junior high level. I know someone else that coaches at the junior high level. And I've gone to those games and I sit in the stands and I can hear the parents, you know, you know, the mumbling and the rumbling and, you know, speaking under their breath about the coach, what the coach is doing, what the coach ain't doing. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at the kids and I'm like, hey, these kids are in junior high, but just their skill level yeah. is elementary. Yeah. So you can't blame a coach in junior high when you're giving them these kids yeah. that are behind. See, my, you know, and my biggest thing is just at that age, man, you got to allow kids to have fun. That too. Because before before long, the the, the sport can get serious. Very fast. Yeah. To where the you know fun's not there anymore for these kids, and now it becomes a job. Especially if, you know, if they're feeling a lot of pressure to perform. Right. You know, they're going to have pressure from their friends because you don't want to lose. They're going to have pressure from their uh, – especially when you get to, like, junior high, things like that. Yeah. Uh, with social media, these kids, they, they are connected on a level yeah. that we were not. Yeah. Ever. And I could imagine us being, you know, just terrible. Mm-hmm. How we got to hear that from our opponents, from the kids across town and things like that, you know. So these kids are under a lot of pressure to be great. And it takes a lot of involvement from the parents and the oh, families. Man. A lot um, of structure, too, man, because it's just like, like you said, that's a good point you brought up about social media. 
these kids are exposed to so much yeah. and they learn so much from social media. So if you don't have a good handle on your child, yeah. you can, they can be exposed to so much stuff out there that can have a big influence on yeah. how they, you know, do on a court or and do this in sports, period. This goes beyond sports as yeah. far as structure goes. But yeah, I mean, if you're not teaching your kid how to do certain things, yeah. then they're learning somewhere, you know? Yeah. So if a kid is going to YouTube, pulling up highlights of whatever sport he's into, mm-hmm. he's going to try and mimic the highlights. Most he's not going to try and mimic the training sessions, the, you know, the cone drill, the yeah. feet work, you yeah. know what I'm saying? The hard stuff. He's going to go out there and he's going to, <laughs> I seen a kid try and do a Euro step in a game last week. And he Euro stepped straight into the defense. Yeah, see. Everything he did was a highlight. He was throwing no look passes and all that. And he had the most turnovers out of everyone on the team. And I, I was trying not to laugh because he's a kid. <laughs> right. But it's like, man, you know, I, I see what this kid is trying to do, but he don't have any fundamentals to his game. Yeah. And it shows when he's out here turning the ball up. Oh, so, like, I mean, a lot of kids that I even – that I train or I coach or I, just, I mentor, I tell them, hey, anything you do in life, not even just sports, mm-hmm. it takes repetition. Repetition is because you see it one time, you can't duplicate that just because you see it and try to go out there, you know, and think you're going to be at this same level. It takes repetition. It takes hours of work. And the biggest thing I try to teach the youth now is that, hey, okay, all this work you put in in the gym, you need to put that same work into your homework, your classroom, at home home to a family. And you'll see the same output that you get from that input, you know, and like. And it's a lot of my kids, they're starting to see that now. They're like, yeah. you know, coach, you know, all the work you put in the basketball, I tried it in the classroom, and I see it translates to everything else. Yeah, and man. that's like my biggest lesson in sports. That's why I say sports and social life, there is a blend to it. it you can is. learn from it. It is. I, I Especially with youth sports, yes. uh, one of my coworkers, she has a son, and I don't think he's really just, you know, like just a showing promise as an elite athlete at a young age. Yeah. And she was kind of on the fence about him playing. But I explained to her, I'm like, you know, um, I'm like, you learn so much about your child yeah. from them playing sports. You learn if they're a leader. You learn if they're a follower. You learn if they're aggressive. You learn if they're passive. Because when they're at home, it's a controlled environment. You know, you have a parent giving them rules and guidelines and structure, and yes. they have to do it. When they're in school, same thing, controlled environment. But once you put them on a field or a court or something like that, it's a semi-controlled environment because you have a coach that's not out there guiding you every step of the way. The coach can give you instructions and you have to, you know, implement that that plan. But you still have to think and react now. Yeah, so you'll start to learn, like, is your child a leader? Does he have a bad attitude? You know, is he nice? Is he soft? You know, you learn all these things. And I'm like, you know, uh, youth sports, it serves a a lot of purposes for kids. Maybe they won't you know, get a D1 scholarship or a college offer or anything like that. But they'll learn how to interact with other kids in an environment that's not controlled. You know what I'm saying? Right. You'll you'll learn a lot about your child that way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to bring that up. I mean, but, you know, when you move on from youth sports and now you had this this kid that's been, you know, playing since he was a youth and he's growing up, let's say he gets a D1 scholarship or whatever, now he's in college, right? Yeah. So how does that, how you think that, how does that make you, what do you think about that student being in college and how colleges treat these athletes now? Man, I believe, um, I believe you could really go two ways. Yeah. You know, 
especially if you are, it's, it's some variables, but like if you're like the man or something like that, or, or you know, you feel like you've arrived mm-hmm. and you could really go two ways. I mean, you can have that sense of entitlement and that sense of accomplishment yeah. and ease up off the gas and people going to pass you by, you know, people will, I mean, everybody that's a parent that's listening to this, you know, if you have a child that does anything, uh, let them know the moment that they start to ease up, you know, that's when people pass them by. And it, it, it happens in college. I mean, we've seen stories of these highly recruited, celebrated high school athletes that go into college. And we wonder, like, man, what happened to him? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, man, he was supposed to be the next X, Y, Z. And yeah. I don't know what happened to this guy. You know, so uh, I feel like it can go two ways. You can get to college. and You can keep that same mindset. Like, hey, I have to work. I haven't made it yet. And you can continue to work and get better and improve and advance, or you can get to college and, you know, feel like you've made it and get outward, you know? Yeah. Get, it, get complacent. Yeah. See, but I know, I know one piece about it that's really been like on my mind a lot as far as uh, athletes in college basketball. It's kind of like this whole thing about this, uh, this one and done rule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's very big in the news right now. And, it's like I see I see good and bad in it, and I was talking to uh, Marshall Simmons. You know Marshall Simmons, what's up, Paul? Yeah, yeah of to Duke. We had this conversation on Instagram not too long ago, and she was saying, "How do you feel about them going?" And I'm like, "Hey, if they can go out of high school, let them go." But my basis from that is, some of these kids are what we kind of label it as at risk. Yeah, they have these these terrible backgrounds, being abused, everything like that. And they need to do whatever they can to get out of the situation. Trying to get some money. So I feel like if you can get out of your situation, then why not go straight to the NBA? Even if you was like, okay, you're still leaving the situation if you go to college. Yeah. True. True. But at the same time, what if you and your family have been in a bad situation? You leave, but you're leaving them behind. You know, I just feel like, especially with the NBA, I feel like the NBA could do a better job of that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because college compared to um globally yeah the NCAA is professional you know what i'm saying i put the top NCAA players up against the top players in the euro leagues and the leagues in asia and all of that and i'm pretty sure the top players in the NCAA will demolish mm-hmm. those professional leagues yeah. overseas so that's a professional grade product that college puts out there so do you think college so, players should get paid? Of course, I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. They should get paid because like the coaches actual, like an actual like salary type thing. I mean, they yeah. get like stipends. You it's, know what yeah, saying, but it's but. I, it's so hard to do because you have different income levels yeah, okay. of these colleges. Yeah. Like Duke can afford to pay their kids way more than you know UNT, uh, Abilene Christian, UTA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? St. Bonaventure. You know all these yeah. little old schools. But they should find a way to where these kids get paid. They get compensated financially for what they put out there, you know, for yeah. us to enjoy because a lot of money's made off of college basketball. Um, but circling back to, you know, what you were talking about with the one and done situation. Um, I think this all kind of ties into the NCAA making money, Yeah. but they shouldn't force those kids to go to, to college. 
the, the I mean, the NBA they they have a G League, yeah. where kind of like the baseball's farm system, where these kids can come out of high school and go pro, but you're not about to step foot on a on a pro diamond. They're gonna put you in the farm system. You're gonna play triple A, double A, single A, and then after you've done that, you're gonna get called up to the majors. Yeah, I, I've been to to G League games, and there's a lot of guys in the G League. That will never make the NBA. See, I think about the G League though. It kind of seemed like it seems like a like a joke in a sense. It and is a joke. The NBA, if they were to let's say get some of these elite players that don't go to college and go there first, now the NBA is kind of like losing money because they got to pay them and they don't draw the type of crowd to bring money in. I think they would. I think it would be better for the NBA. Like just imagine. But then, like you just said though, because it's like it's a bunch of scrubs in G League. Yeah. So then you mix these scrubs with these right. So I pay players. So look at the like, um. It's almost like, like watching the McDonald's All Star Game. Great right? basketball. The Mac- McDonald's All Star Game. Yeah, that's what twenty four kids, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine if all twenty four of those kids just skipped college, got drafted, and they went to these G League programs, right? Yeah, that's automatically going to drive up attendance. That's automatically going to, uh, you know, increase revenue for the G League because we're gonna want to see these kids somehow. Like, you know, we're not gonna be able to see them in college. Yeah. Like we like we saw a custom too. Imagine if Marvin Bagley, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Trey Young. Imagine if Trey Young was killing in the G League the way he's killing at OU. It's gonna drive up, you know. See, my curiosity is. I think is that I think the NCAA NBA has some type of agreement. Oh yeah, I, even, court, if, if it's unspoken, it is an agreement because, like you said, the NBA will have to pay them if they win. So it's free labor. Yeah, exactly. It's free free labor. labor. See, well, now, see, okay, that goes to my where I was going to go to the second go about the whole one and done thing. I was going to say that I think these players have kind of bought into the one and done because if I go to now, if I go to a Duke or North Carolina or whatever else, I can go for a year, and but I'm building my brain. I'm not getting any money, but I'm building my brain. I mean, you see, like, like, let's see, Kyrie, all the people, they get these Nike endorsements, they watching them. Cause they build a brand at the same time, so when they come out, they getting a big check with their endorsements they, that's bigger than their right. contract. So I think it's like it's good for them doing in that piece, but it's leads like, to my next point. I think it like it leads off to them. Well, they don't take thing. them being. Uh, they don't take national championship series now. Yeah, one more thing before you uh, before we go to the next point. Um, there's a kid that's going to get drafted this year named Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. All right. He's a seven footer. He's supposed to go to Western Kentucky. I think he went to Western Kentucky for a few days and left, hired a trainer, and he's just been training this whole time, mm-hmm. and he'll be eligible for the draft because he's one year removed from high school and he's 19. Yeah. Won't play any college basketball. Uh, Porter, Michael Porter Mike Jr. Porter, yeah. yeah, he went to Missouri, but he got hurt, and he's not going to play any college basketball. All right. He's still going to go top five. There's a kid in high school still. That found a way around the system because you know I look all this stuff up. His name is Anthony Simmons. He's at a prep school. He's a fifth year high school senior. Oh yeah, so he got those, a lot of those. Yeah. So he will be able to get drafted, and he's going to get drafted because he's playing against high school kids, but he has all this potential. So people are going to draft him based off his potential, even though they've never seen him play in college. So the one and done rule is really a joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's really a joke. If you're allowing people that's never played a second of college basketball to still get drafted in the NBA, 
you telling us that it's a joke. You telling us that you're not for real about it. I think it just, something has to be something has to be done about it, though. I mean, I don't know when or if, but I think they're gonna try to find a system to where it kind of it goes away from all this. At least maybe maybe two years removed or something like that. But you know, cause like I said, the NCAA they make a lot of money. But yeah. like what I was gonna go to a minute ago is that I think these kids are losing sight of winning. So yeah. now it's kind of like, so I have like, like you said, Marvin Bagley and these kids right here. They right. say, yeah, I want to go to Duke. I'm trying to go for a national championship. But if I don't win it, I ain't tripping. Because right. I'm about to be first round right. pick and I'm about to make millions. That's so, like Lonzo Ball. And then, so like, the, I feel like they don't really take sports serious they don't. until they, they get don't. to like maybe 25. It's just a part of the process. When Lonzo Ball got embarrassed by Deon, uh, De'Aaron Fox, he wasn't even out of the locker room when he said, I'm going pro. He said it from the locker room, I'm going pro. Right. And it's like, man, like, like I said. So that's it's, my it's, thing. It's just, uh, I just hate saying that because. They like, don't care. I, I like saying some good basketball, but then it's like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm seeing their best basketball just because the end goal for them isn't that, like, no. significant to them. No, they're not trying to get better in college. They're just trying to go through like, I'm college to, without yeah, getting hurt. I'm trying to go through. I'm trying to get yeah. so I can get to, they, get not, to this paycheck yeah, next they're not year. Trying to get better. If I win a championship, cool. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, so Duke and all these people, Coach K, he gets this this huge hype for getting this, this crazy recruiting class. Mm-hmm. But does he win a championship? Maybe not. I mean, he's won plenty of them. I've seen like some. The last one he won, uh, well, he, he did good with, with Tyus Jones and all these. Right. But before that, it was like his his team was built of people who were like juniors and seniors. I'm about to say the last few uh, NCAA champions had a few upperclassmen yeah. on the starting roster. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the one and duns aren't really taking over college. They just yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. So that's why I think the one and done rule isn't really just that nah, important. It's, like that's it's no not. Handy. If not, if you're gonna have if we're not if we're gonna get rid of it, let's go ahead and just let them go straight to the NBA at a high school. Now, the only thing about that, which is the drawback, is that you start having a whole bunch of bust. Like you know, my classmate Sebastian Telfair, yeah. straight out of high school and had a, a, a short run, and it's a lot. He's nowhere to be found now. It's a lot, but so, that's where the G League comes in. Instead yeah. of just getting them out there, I, I feel like the NBA is the worst league when it comes to developing young talent. There's a whole lot of first round busts. Right. I mean, we can probably do a whole episode, excuse me, on a, on just picking out major busts and just talking about this man is a bust. This man yeah. is a bust. Like, there's more first round busts in the NBA than any other sport to me. You know, there's yeah. so many. What so happened? Y'all just make sure I don't want to just focus this all on NBA. Me but, either. You know, say, because NFL but, is still. They can do. I mean, the NFL does it. Baseball probably is the best system ever yeah. out there. Soccer too. Because soccer, well, soccer and hockey, actually. You can go I mean, out of high school say, or be yeah, in high school. Yeah, you be, be in high school. If you're cold in soccer, they're going to get you that bad. So I think it's just – NBA needs to get it right. But other than that, I think uh, the NFL, I think I mean, they do a pretty good job. They do because a pretty you're good not job. Ready. You have to be, what, two it's years removed? Three. Three. You got to be three. Uh, yeah. three years removed. So usually, you know, just a true so- – I mean, true junior, a red shirt, sophomore. Okay. Um, it's a lot of physical aspect that go into uh, getting ready for the NFL. But – you have to develop, you know, to make it to the NFL. And that's why we see more guys from the from football who were one-star, two-star recruits out of high school go to college, make a name for themselves, blow up. I mean, like Khalil Mack, he went to Buffalo. Yeah. You know, like, 
who heard of Buffalo before? Buffalo's not a school where you think of big time all pro NFL talent coming out of, but he got good, he got better, yeah. and exactly. he was able to, you know. So I like football in that aspect. I do feel like football needs to pay, especially football needs to pay the athletes on all levels, college and NFL, because that is a dangerous sport. Oh, Especially yeah. with CTE and all that, like, oh yeah, I'm a, I, I have a theory on CTE, but you know, I know I'll never be able to prove it. But I think we all walking around with CTC, CTE, man. Some, some kind of way, yeah. I, yeah, I, I just think the, I think, I mean, NFL don't have they have to do better because I mean, if you look at the age group, less and less kids are playing football now. Yeah, I mean, you'll get some good athletes. It's like scary. The, the, the sample size is going to be very small now, which could be good because then you. Have you know these? You weed the, the right. I guess the, the bad ones out. Hey, man, football is a scary sport. So man. it's just like because even like my little brother's playing football. I was like, man, was, he, he didn't take it serious. I'm like, all right, you done. Let's go ahead. Let's I'm gonna pull you out. Rather as when I was little, it was like he was considered a punk if he didn't play football. Yeah, my son, he told me last summer that he didn't want to play football, and I said okay. And I was more on board with him not playing than his mom was. And yeah. and people find that kind of odd. I have another friend said the same thing. He said his wife. Uh, kind of wants his son to play football a little more than he do. Like he said, if his son don't play football, he cool with it. So it's like, yeah, but I'm, it, you, it, you know, it's um. So I love football. At the same time, just you start thinking about more and more safety, and then, like yeah, you said, you got the CTE that's coming out Concussions and and I've seen, you know, eight nine year old kids get concussions. You know right. what I'm saying? And that's a scary sight now, knowing that. You know this brain disease that they're just starting to diagnose yeah. that we don't I just even saw, know I just about. Saw, um, something on that about that too. Yeah. But we say that for another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For another time. day, you know, concussions and everything. But uh, just kind of going back into the topic at hand is uh, think about. I want to compare the eighties, eighties. No, I'm sorry, not the eighties. Like we can say eighties. We can say eighties okay. too, though. We'll so say we 80s. know we, the eighties and nineties athletes compared to today's athletes. Yeah, like, so that kid, you know, he made it from college to the pros, right? And uh, the mindset is it's different, but I don't think it's just, you know, in sports. I think it's in general. I think, you know, um, I think social media has played a huge, huge, huge part in the mental disposition of men, especially men, women too. Yeah. But I, I've seen more of a change in men. Than in women, you know, because, you know, women, they've always been what they are now. You know, women, you know, we know y'all are strong and, you know, they they deal with a lot of things in silence. But men, on the other hand, you know, I think through social media, men have been able to express themselves yeah. in ways that was taboo in the 80s and 90s. You know what I'm saying? So the mindset is different and we've seen it manifest itself in sports. Well, I was going to say, too, as far as, like, and Tori Barkley is great for me. He's always calling out these new athletes and telling them how they have no loyalty to nobody. They they leave their teammates, leave their team, they leave their city, their fans, like that. And I get where he's coming from because he's trying to – he's pretty much saying that it's not as competitive anymore. But the money was different, too, back then. Hold on, different. See, that's yeah. what I'm trying to go to next. Yeah. So it's yeah. like so – Come on, Chuck. You had these – You went to Houston, too, Chuck. You had these new-age athletes who are starting to figure out how they can control their own destiny and make more money for themselves. So, yeah. so this is so this is what I post to you right here. All right. If I'm an athlete, and yes, I have millions and millions of fans, right? 
but also have this family I'm supporting. It's more important for me to make as money, much money as I can so that my family has this legacy built for decades or it was more important, more important for me to stick around for 10 years and have these fans love me for this organization and then they forget about me and I'm gone. And you done gave up some paychecks and stuff like that. The great Latrell Freewell said, how am I supposed to feed my family with this? So yeah, get that money. I've never mad at a dude trying to get that money. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the truth. For me, I'm just all about just pro-choice. I'm, well, I'm not even pro-choice. I'm just all about happiness. Be happy for you. And then take care of everybody else. You know what I'm saying? If you happy with, if it's, if it's your destiny that makes you happy to make your fans happy, then go for that. And I guess, I think that's where Charles Barkley is going with it. I don't know. I mean, it's I just think maybe he just says that because he never won the championship. It's just hard, man, because I get what Charles is saying, though. It's like, like man, you know, we was playing, we were not cool like this. We were cool, but we yes. wanted to we wanted to go at each other. You know what I'm saying? But, we yeah. really wasn't trying to, you know, band together and, and win championships or make it easier on us. Like, And he's saying that, but like I said, you did go to Houston. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you did try that. You just did it at the late stages in your career. See, that also goes back to what you said about social media, though. See, Charles, back in them days, you didn't have Facebook. You can hop on no. and you can see what – some a players doing in in Los Angeles. And let's just keep it real. Um, ESPN had a lot to do with that because I was just telling uh, somebody, you know, they were talking about Paul George and going to LA and small market teams and all this. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I remember a time where free agency hit, and you never heard the term small market. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no coincidence that these large market teams are the same teams where ESPN has an in-city affiliate. L.A., New York, Boston, Chicago. I mean, but even still to this day, you see that L.A. is on TV the most. They haven't even been winning still. I mean, because they're the Lakers. Yeah, but, even, but even like, like you said, like the Warriors, like that, they're not even on TV that much. Nah, it took one championship. Yeah. But, but that's a small market team. Oakland, you yeah. know what I'm saying? OKC is a small market team. Cleveland's a small market team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So... Really what I think it is, and um, especially with the mindset, is LeBron is a de facto – well, he's not even a de facto leader. He's the leader yeah. of the uh, – he, he leads the NBA Players Association, right? He's been the president of that for a while. And when he went from Cleveland oh, – about it, yeah. Chris Pauliter, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. – but I know, you know, he's, he's the guy. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah. So when he went from Cleveland to Miami – it's like he took that heat because, you know, a lot of players wouldn't do that. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> he took the heat, you know what I'm saying, that comes from leaving or, or, you know, not being loyal or, you know, not trying to stick it out. But, I mean, just thinking like LeBron James, like I'm sitting in Cleveland, you know, my free agency's coming up, and Pat Riley, he, he, he cleared the entire roster. Yeah. So we can come, it'll be you and Wade here, and UD will be here. And then from that point, we'll figure out who else to get. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so I think that's just I think that's I think it's great because I mean, and I said this a few times, I think that uh eighties and nineties players are more more like slaves. Like and I hate using that term. I feel people probably gonna drag me for that. It's just more or less like it was like, okay, you they were getting paid millions. 
But at the same time, they were being told when and where they were going to mm-hmm. go somewhere and get traded on type of stuff. So then now you have these players now where they figured out how where I'm not going to sign this long contract. I'm going to wait because I'm going to play my to the best of my ability right. and control my own destiny. And I'm going to make much money as I can and go where I want to. Right. But on the flip side, as a fan, me being a fan, yeah, I don't like that shit. Like, I, I want to see I, – I, I like that Reggie Miller, when you thought of the Pacers, thought of Reggie Miller. When you thought of the Bulls, you thought of Jordan. When you thought of, you know, New York, it was Ewan. You know, um, of course, there was some player movement. Like, you know, um, Morning going from Charlotte to Miami and Larry Johnson going from Charlotte to New York. Yeah, there were some, some big-name guys that moved. But, I mean – some of these players were just synonymous with their teams. Yeah. And as a fan, like, I, I don't want to see Kevin Durant go from Oklahoma to Golden State. I don't want to see well, Yeah, as a fan, we don't want to yeah, see Yeah, I don't want to like see said, LeBron doing like, that. I don't want to see, like – Yeah, but when I think of it, I'm trying to, like – I always try to put myself in the player's shoes. That's and why I said that as a fan, so like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, when LeBron left to Miami, it was like, of course, I didn't want him to leave. But at the same time, I was like, I was like LeBron don't even know me. Yeah. So it's like, so why why would he care about what I think? He about shouldn't care. And, and he, and he said and cares that he don't care about us. After they yeah. lost to the Mavericks, he said, like, hey, you know, everybody that got something to say got to go back to their lives. I'm still LeBron James, and that's true. Yeah. But like I said, as a fan, you know, you, you like you know, like we said with the last episode, like you're connected to these teams. Like the uh yeah, fanhood so runs yeah. deeper than just Watching the game, like you, you legit be mad when your squad lose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But with the NBA, as opposed to the NFL, uh, the NBA is ran by the players. The NFL is ran by the owners. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and I was just on my next point. When it so goes to, our, our fanhood in the NBA is really more tied to the players and the teams. They but are. I think we're about to start seeing it even more in the NFL. It's going to happen. Because you're starting to see more and more players who go ahead and wait to their contract. I mean, matter of fact, take – Kirk Cubs, look at him. Yeah. What he did with Redskins, he, he went on here and said, hey, I'm going to bet on myself. You can tender me all you want to, but, he, you know what I'm saying, I'm getting this money. He ran up. He ran he up. He ran up the bill. Yeah. So it's just like, not, I, I love that he did that just because I mean, I'm mean, i all for, like, it's man, it's so much money out there in these sports. Like, I think the players should NFL get NFL make more money than any league. Yeah, and I think the players should get a big chunk of that. That's like Le'Veon Bell. If people been following that, he said if – Pittsburgh don't give him what he want. He is not playing. Yeah. And he said, I mean, I remember somebody was like, you know, Le'Veon Bell can come to the Jets for sixty million, and he said sixty million ain't enough. He said I want a hundred. See, that's my thing. That's like, and that's like, that's what I love about the today's athlete. Yeah, I mean, that people were starting to think for themselves more and more, and take more accountability or, or more, more. I'm sorry, responsibility for more responsibility for. Um, their own money. Right. They starting to recognize money. that, yo, I'm the one that's out here doing this. Yeah, and I think I a lot of times paid this way. in the older days, they would get content like, hey, I made it. Yeah. And But I see, and I think that, but back then, I think they might have had more love for the game. Like, the money wasn't even an aspect because yeah. I teach my kids now when I, when I play, I say, hey, would you play this game for free? That lets you know if you really love, love this game. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot I mean, a lot of the players now, I guess, you know, they're, they are very well paid, well well paid, but at the same time, it's like they get to the point where I want more, yeah. just for you know, so I can, I can live longer, or you know, yeah. so they can stretch it longer. Put you like have that. to. It's a capitalist society we live in, yeah. man. And if you command this type of money, 
It's your fault if you don't get it. So yeah, so that's one of the questions. So if I can never like, if I can never have a sit down with some of these athletes, I would. That would be kind of my thing. Is like, I'm, where's your heart at in the game now? I'm I'm going to try. I'm going to try, man. One of my friends, he just hit me up talking about something. So I'm going to try to see if I can get um. Like I said, I'm not going to say his name, but there was a guy that played nine years in the NFL that I spoke to. He's really cool. Yeah. I'm going to try to see if he'll chop it up with me or chop it up with us. Uh, he was real personable. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the mindset is different because the money is different. You know what I'm saying? The money is different and different. the way. And the money's not there to be getting. Yeah. Like Odell Beckham saying he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. And what did San Francisco just do? They made Jimmy Garoppolo the highest paid player in the NFL. He hasn't even played a full season. See, that's what I was going to say. It's coming for the NFL. Yeah. Because they, you see a big contract. You see somebody that's paid the most. Stafford was paid the most. Right. And it only lasts not even a year. Yeah. That he's the highest paid player. So it's like, I mean, it's coming for the NFL. And I hope it does. They deserve just it. Just because, like you said, it was just, it's been the owner's league for so long. NFL got a, they really got a strike. Mm-hmm. And they got to mean it. You know, they got they they have to strike and they have to really strike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they deserve more money. They must have they do. deserve more money. Most it's fifty three men on the roster, so everybody can't get paid crazy amounts of money. Uh, but which you know, the highest players definitely should. It's just it's crazy when you hear about the NFL players how much they make, but how much sacrifice they got to put into their bodies. Man. You had these NBA players, some people who are not even that good, they get ninety million dollar contracts right. now. JJ Reddick. What do you get? Twenty three a year? Yeah, so that's I mean he, he's decent, but it's not like I mean Philly's in the in a playoff hunt right now, right in the yeah. East. When the last time you heard them mention JJ Reddy? Is he even playing? Exactly, barely. I don't even know if he's hurt or not. Like whenever I see anything related to Philly, I just see McConnell had a triple double. Uh, I seen something where Covington dunked on somebody. Of yeah. course, they talk about Simmons and Embiid. No mention of Reddy, but he got twenty three million. Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, seventy-seven million for four years. You know, crazy right. amounts of money. So yeah. So that's my thing. I just want to see. Like, I really want to get dig deeper into that some other time. I guess to see how the mindset of it is. I mean, I love how they're trying to get their money, and I love how the the new age players are so involved with each other. Like, I like seeing when they on Instagram when I can see right. that. Um, let's see, like Jr. Smith can say something, but then somebody from. The Bucks to comment on his stuff, and they're they playing with it. I like that, though. But as a fan, and I'm just speaking for the fans out there, we want these fools to hate each other, man. We want them to hate each other like we hate them because we fans. Like, you we don't want to see LeBron James and Kevin Durant training right after, you know, the Heat beat Oklahoma in the, in the final. I love it. We want, we want Kevin Durant to look at LeBron James and hate him like, like we hate him. You know what I'm saying? We want, <laughs> like – we want them to come to blows almost. You know what I'm saying? Not the fake NBA blows. We, we want them to scrap, scrap. Like, I do, I do want to see. Y'all soft out there, man. Like, we mad because we not out there. And we like, man, if I was out there, I wouldn't be doing the, that. The league is very pretty now. Yeah, man. But I will say I do want to see some fights. <laughs> like, a couple weeks ago when they had the uh, – we had like an outburst of like two, three fights within a week. Yeah, when, when the Flalo uh, swung on dude. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I was like, man, I like it. I like it. I mean, I feel like – I mean, we don't play basketball on the right. gym so like that. We want the hate to be genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we get like I can fight somebody on the gym on the gym floor, and then we'd be cool afterwards. Like, hey, bleed on the court. Yeah, yeah. Like emotions ran high. Yeah, I, I would do want to see that. As long as it's something that's like court related. You know what I'm saying? Like, as yeah. long as you're not, you know, 
talking about my wife, uh, you know, my yeah, kids, something like it, that. Yeah, then, you know, we're going to have to yeah. uh, Kevin Garnett take it see far. you outside, you know, that type of situation. But right. I do want to see But, yeah, I mean. That I'm just, part I want to see. Just, like, just as a fan, yeah. yeah. As a fan, like, I don't want to see the buddy-buddy shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as a fan, and then, you know, just speaking on LeBron James and Cleveland, like, you know, I'm not – I'm a LeBron fan, but I'm, like, critical of LeBron, too, because – he has a, a the way he plays. It makes me mad because I feel like um, I think he's so good that it actually hurts him because he's able to do whatever he wants to do on the court. Yeah. So in the course of the game, he's done played like every role, and I feel like that makes his role players suck because it's like, all right, one moment LeBron James, he's trying to score, he's driving, he's yeah. penetrating. Next minute. He's trying to look for the for the you know the open shot things yeah. like that. So I feel well, like I mean, it, it makes his teammates because the teammates ain't that good. Like Kyrie Irving was good enough to where he didn't need no help. You okay. know what I'm saying? Just toss him the ball, he do what he want. But J.R. Smith ain't that good. He got to get in rhythm. Okay, you brought that when up. They had those, I mean, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and bring it up. What about the, the trades that the Cavs just made? Uh, I mean, like you know, to to the LeBron, the people that's critical of LeBron, like it's just it's just more fuel on their fire. Like oh this. You know, more shit for them to talk. You know what I'm saying? But strictly on the court, as of right now, he got all the ego out the locker room. Yeah. I think ego was the biggest problem with that team they had. You know what I'm saying? See, my thing is that I like like the trades because the players he got now, for one, they hungry. The young and hungry. The the ego is gone. There's no championship rings there. They want to get further. They they running around. They playing defense. They hustling. I love how they got – I love how they got – Clarkson and Nance because they got some they got that Kobe in them. They play with Kobe, so you know they 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 court ready. You know what I like about the trade? I like that as of right now, LeBron James has really um, been a true facilitator. Like yeah. when 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 things start going bad on the LeBron team, he stopped being a facilitator. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, think about he, he starts. He starts trying to do it all, and then when it don't work, then he like looking for a kick out as a bailout. But, but these new players they got, they they're very versatile. They run, they you know yeah, the, uh, exactly. the rookie was I can't even remember his last name, Caspin or uh, Osman Osman. Oh uh, yeah, City Osman. Yeah, Osman. So uh, yeah, like most of the like most of the teams that Bronze played with, all his teammates have always been like specialists. They was good at probably like one thing, and it was that was that was how they was good. That's bro. what I mean. And but these players they got now, they they young, they do a little bit of everything. Yeah, and LeBron never really had that, so I'm kind of excited to see what they're gonna do the rest of the season. Now. I think as long as he plays, like, cause one of my friends texted me, he's like, LeBron gonna have to be the point because they ain't got one no more. And I'm like, as long as LeBron James is really playing the point, like the game where he had 15 assists, then he came back when they all played together for the first time, he had 19 assists. Like, if you truly playing like that, and you really just trying to set up these teammates and just letting these guys just run wild and cut to the basket, find the open shooter and things like that. Everybody's in the rhythm, the ball moving, the tempo's up, the pace is pushed. Yeah. They'll be hard to beat. But if he's coming down, holding the ball, dribbling out the shot clock, you know, doing the things that he's done over the course of his career, that to me it hurts the team more than anything yeah, no, else. I, mean, he, I think I mean LeBron, LeBron, LeBron's IQ is super high, so I mean he's just like the control and everything else. But yeah, so I mean I think he's gonna be a lot better. But I'm kind of glad he got rid of some of them players, man. I'm glad Isaiah Thomas gone. This sorry ass, but man, he a crybaby, man. He, 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 I didn't realize that until he got there, man. And I, I knew he was I, a crybaby. Like, the way like he handled the, the uh, Boston situation, like he cried. Like, yeah, I mean, but like, hold on. But like I said I don't like how he uh, he got to the team 
and he was always in the media trashing everything. Like, no, I, I don't like that. I didn't like that. And it was Crying. just like, for one, it's like you just not got there. So you just got make, there. Make yourself like solidify your position first me, before you start. Me to and Isaiah about. Thomas the same height, man. I know if I bucked up to Kevin Love and he put that reach on me, then we gonna have a situation. So you talking this noise to these dudes and you the smallest one in there. Do you got a gun on you or something? Because if one of them decides to whoop your ass, your ass is whooped. His ego just a little bit too big for me. I didn't even know he was like that. I, I guess I hadn't followed him much, but I, I didn't like how he was just running to the to media like that with I, his teammates. But uh, that's another story. But yeah, we gonna, but yeah, we'll go ahead and close it up, man. Like I said, once again, we thank you guys for uh, listening to us. Of course. Listen to the show. They allow them to love in sports. We're going to bring y'all more. And like, remember our, our topics, it's more about how we as society and how it blends into sports and how sports has an effect on society. Yeah. So we want to have that in there most possibly because we want to have a be, a, we want to be an advocate for the players more than anything. Yes. And um, like I said, man, we're trying to blend the two. Like I said, the, the title's thin line. So right. we want people to know that you know, there's not much of a difference between what's going on in sports and what's going on in your everyday life. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so yeah, we're going to get out of here. I'll uh, be looking for the episode to come up. Uh, iTunes. So we got iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Google Play. We're trying to get all of those, man. We're putting so, it everywhere. So. Trying to put it to wherever you can get it. Listen to it on the way to work. Listen to it at work. Take about 45 minutes of your time, man. Yeah, so we're not trying to That's all we ask for. Give us some feedback, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. All right. Much love.